Good evening. Welcome into another edition of Gateway to Baseball Heaven. I'm your host, Daniel Shopta at C70. With me, David Jones, birthday boy, David Jones, IPOP editor. Um, David, we were talking earlier, and unfortunately, Mo is a little late with your gift. Um, but hopefully sometime in the next couple of days, we'll, we'll see it show up on your doorstep. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. And, you know, if you check Twitter, um, what in the world is Mo doing? Wake up, Mo. Uh, <laughs> let's see. You Let's see. What is it? You clown. Um, Mo does not care about this team. DeWitt does not care about this team. DeWitt needs to sell this team. I think I've seen a little bit of all of that today uh, because, you know, on November 19th, you've got to have all your moves made for the rest of the season. And so they must just be asleep somewhere. Well, probably. I mean, you know, that's, that is the way it goes. I mean, I, uh, you, you've noticed that the other 29 teams have shut down um, completely, completely done. Um, so, um, no, Aaron Nola signs with the Phillies or is going to sign. It's one of those things that's been reported. Um I don't remember if Bob Nightingale's reporting it, then maybe there's still a chance, but um, <laughs> it feels like this is, he's going to go back to Philadelphia and uh, we'll talk, let's talk just a little bit about that part before we talk about the Cardinals implication of that. But, you know, it was, it was a little bit interesting that in the, in the whole Aaron Nola is going to be a free agent. There just didn't seem to be a lot of, of, of rep, you know, of people talking about him going back to Philadelphia, it seemed like almost, and I, he was going somewhere else. Maybe that's because we're Cardinal fans and we expected him to come to St. Louis. But I think some of the things that we thought made him a good fit for St. Louis also worked against them a little bit. He, you know, to be able to stay in one spot, um, to be that guy to to spend your whole career in one in one area has a draw for people, right? We feel like we've seen that with Yachty, with uh, with Wainwright and, and others. Um, and it looks like, I mean, with a seven-year deal, that's going to give Aaron Nola a pretty good chance of staying in Philadelphia his whole entire career. Yeah, you know, I, if you go back a couple months ago, I think most people were saying they thought he would definitely stay in Philadelphia. And then start. Then we hear like contract demands start coming out, and him wanting thirty million per year, and that then that it the tide changes to well, it looks like he's not going to sign back mm-hmm. in Philadelphia. Now the people who seem to be kind of wavering are the people that kind of um, make their money with speculation and rumors. If you look <laughs> at somebody like Katie Wu, I think she's been pretty adamant the whole way that he most likely would sign back in Philadelphia. So I, I think the people that are probably in the know. I see like, I think it was probably never a question that he was going back to Philadelphia. I think maybe there was some jockeying done for contract issues and how many years he could get and things like that, but he was always going back. So it does take somebody away. Um, but I, this seems, it seems like the obvious thing just happened. And now, like you said, there is fallout because of that. Yeah not just for the Cardinals, but for everybody else as well. Philadelphia feels like it's got, you know, it's going to have a, it's going to have that core locked up for a long time. Now, whether that's going to be a good thing or a bad thing, I guess, depends on the latter years of that, of those deals. But, um, you know, having Harper there for a long time for having Trey Turner and now Aaron Nola. I mean, this is, this is the people they're going to, you know, you're going to be seeing a lot of if you're a Phillies fan and, and that's a good thing for them. So that, you know, kudos to them. Now you're right. Fallout. Um, I don't know. Of course, there are people 
that would bring out their pitchforks no matter what, right? Um, it is noted that Aaron Nola took, apparently, at least been reported, that he took less money to go back to Philadelphia than some of the offers that were on the table. But one of those offers was not from St. Louis. It sounded like they had not engaged significantly, at least, with Aaron Nola and his representation. Um, does that surprise you um, that they hadn't, you know, because everything we've seen, everything that um, has kind of been out there is like Aaron Nola was going to be one of their major focuses and to have not even engaged here, you know, when he's ready to sign seems a little bit strange. It does depending on how you look at the wording of things. Mm. I've been a big believer, and I've mentioned this in the past, that I think a lot of times the Cardinals are engaged on some of these free agents, but we'll hear that they they never made a formal offer. And that basically means they never got to the point where they knew they could sign him. I think that's what it means. When the Cardinals, when we hear that the Cardinals made an offer, it's usually only for a guy they get. So I think they were heavily engaged in this. Now, they may not have been tossing out numbers, but if they weren't tossing out numbers, it may have had to do with the fact that Mo and, and the rest of his crew were certain that he was signing back in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, cause I heard they were talking to the agent. They never actually got to talk to Nola and you know, it's, it's really early. Like typically big name free agents do not sign with other teams this early. That just never happens. And so if a guy is going to sign something like la- last year, it was Rizzo going back to the Yankees, a guy signing this early, he's going back to his team. So I think that has more to do with it. I wouldn't say, you know, the Cardinals may not have gotten as far as other teams or tossed around numbers, but it could have been one of these things that these other teams were aware that he was going back to Philadelphia and they thought, well, let's see if we can make an offer to see him to see if we can change his mind. And perhaps the Cardinals just thought he's gone. We know he's gone. Yeah. So I, I, I don't view this as a thing like, well, the Cardinals were never in on him. I think he was one of their top targets, not maybe not the top target, but I think he was one of them. Um, I do not hold this against Mo or DeWitt. And I think most common sense people don't hold it against them. I think people understand when a guy goes back, especially on November 19th, um, he was always going back. I, the Cardinals probably could have said, we'll give you 30 million a year. And he still would have gone back to Philadelphia. Now they say, we'll give you 40 million a year. Maybe he comes to St. Louis, but that's terrible for the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Um, I have seen quite a few unfortunate people on Twitter calling Mo a clown. And, you know, if, if the Cardinals could have beaten this, well, yeah, they could have, they may have tried to, but he was going back to Philadelphia. Like this, you, it's one of those things, as much as people want to make Mo look like the bad guy in this or DeWitt look like the bad guy for not putting up more money. He was going back to Philadelphia Mm -hmm. and there was nothing that was going to change his mind in this. So not bad management by the Cardinals in this. It just means that there's a pitcher off the market now. Yeah. And look, we talked about Nola in, in many times, I'm sure. Um, but there was that idea that that contract had the potential to be iffy, right? I mean, it was probably, you, you still obviously a top target and somebody that you want to go get, but there was a non-zero chance that that it went bad. Um, to have to throw extra money at a guy to get him to come, then yeah, I, I think that that's where the Cardinals may not have decided not to get too active in this. It's like, look, if it's going to cost, you know, this kind of premium just to get him to, to step away from Philadelphia, then, then it's not worth it. And, and I get that. And 
Um, you know, I do think you're right. There are, there are ways to be engaged with people without being engaged with people. And, um, but you know, that said, this is a supposed to be a, uh, a free uh, off season that sees, does not see business as usual. And right now it's hard to argue that it is something different, right? I mean, again, you're right. It's early, but Cardinal fans have been here before, right? That we've, we've seen top talent that the Cardinals should be chasing go off the board and either the Cardinals, you know, come in second or they don't offer it. It's not, I don't think people should overreact, but you can understand why people overreact. Right. You know, I, I, I would say if people are going to overreact, do it because if we're playing a game of musical chairs, one of the chairs just disappeared. Mm -hmm. Um, don't do it because you think the Cardinals front office is stupid because of what happened with Aaron Nola. I, that those are two different things. I, I, this makes me a little more nervous that he's off the market. Um, and, and so I, from that aspect, I get that if people are a little more nervous, you realize there aren't as many guys out there now, contract wise, I, I kind of look at this and go, Ugh, because we're talking about a guy that's if, if everything's even in the years and the, and the money guys going to make be making about $25 million a year in his age 36, 37 seasons coming off a year where his ERA was about 4.5. What's scary too, is a lot of people think that this had to do with the pitch clock and him having trouble adjusting. Now they're talking about going to an 18 second pitch clock with runners on base. And mm-hmm. I saw a study that was done the other day that said he holds the ball longer than almost any pitcher, maybe longer than any pitcher, but before throwing his pitch, 18 seconds, it's going to speed him up. This is a huge risk for the Phillies. Even if his average annual value came in under what people expected, this is a huge risk for the Phillies to go seven years on this. So I get it. Like I I get why they resigned him. If the Cardinals had made the same deal, I probably would have been happy, but said, yeah, there is a huge risk. I'm not, I'm not, disheartened or disillusioned or upset about Nola not being a Cardinal tonight. I am just nervous because there is one more guy off the table. Yeah. Yeah. And that is, and you know, again, as, as Jim Hayes puts the music has started and there's one last chair, um, the Cardinals got to find a place to sit. And right now you wonder if that's not, a lot of their marbles being put into the Yamamoto sweepstakes. We're hearing, you know, hearing reports now that the Braves are heavily in on, on Sonny Gray, which is going to be, I mean, Sonny Gray's, you know, obviously, you know, Atlanta is one of those places that's close to his home, but also, I mean, if you're going to want to play close to your home and you can play with Atlanta, that's not a bad draw, right? I mean, you know, they're a pretty good team. So, you know, that's something the Cardinals are going to have to, counteract a little bit um you know blake still want to saw young this this week I, I still don't know that anybody's just overly excited about bringing him in although you know it obviously would improve things um yeah those chairs could go really really quickly yeah and that's what gets me a little nervous because i, I don't think the Cardinals are going to make it far in the Yamamoto sweepstakes. I may be wrong and maybe Newt has got some pull. And you know what? Maybe the Cardinals know something that the analysts out there and the the rumor mongers don't know. Um, Maybe the Cardinals feel like they have an in and they feel like as soon as he's posted, they've got, they're at the front of the line for this. That would be tremendous. And maybe that will happen. 
personally, I don't think Yamamoto is going to be a thing. I, I think the Cardinals could match the Yankees, could match the Dodgers in money, could match the Mets, whoever it's going to be. And I think he may go to the West Coast or the East Coast. Um, I think location may just play a factor. I, I don't know if the Cardinals can win that no matter what they do with money. Maybe they can. Maybe Newt changes that. Maybe the relationships do. We'll see. That would be tremendous. And suddenly I'm feeling a lot differently. Um as far as Snell goes, I, I think Ben Fredrickson had a pretty good piece in the Post-Dispatch this week about how he's the one guy that really gives him pause. And yeah, Snell is one of those guys that's just so weird looking at his numbers. The guy can strike out people, low ERA, but he walks so many people. Mm-hmm. And he only went beyond six innings three times this past season. Uh, so unless the Cardinals can fix him, now you would th- hope like, somebody like a Dave Duncan could look at him and go, Oh, okay, let's just adjust this. But I don't know if you fix a Cy Young winner. Um, That's going to tax a bullpen so much wherever he goes. And his good luck's going to run out at some point. Um, Now I will say Yamamoto, if he goes somewhere else and we're looking at Snell and Sonny Gray left, Snell does look a little more appealing because of not many people being out there anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, So I, you know, I feel like, I'm not the biggest Snell fan, but I feel like the Cardinals really have to sign one of these three remaining guys. I'll put Gray in the top three category. I know people put him a tier below, but I'm a I'm a fan of Gray. I feel like they have to get one of those three guys um, in some way. Or else then you're looking at possibly having to make a huge trade and giving up some major talent just to bring in somebody in who could be top of the rotation or even number two and I don't think a guy like Cease is going to be cheap. I don't think Glassnow is going to be cheap at all. So, yeah, uh, things start getting a little tight and a little uncomfortable if Yamamoto goes and even if uh, Gray or Snell goes soon. Yeah. Well, first of all, we got to figure out how in the world Yamamoto can get posted because it seems like every day it's, <laughs> oh, that's going to be tomorrow. I think right now it's scheduled. You know, there's some thought it's going to be tomorrow. We'll find out uh, once that happens in the 45-day clock starts ticking then you know you get a lot of activity going in that regard and there's you know again some of these others you may be holding up on him getting posted and seeing how things go that's a little bit surprising that you know Aaron Nola signed before that so yeah I I don't I don't know how this works out because the Cardinals not only do they need you know two and a half starters depending on how you look at it um they may need a little bit more than that the Cardinals non-tendering this week um, besides Juan Yepes, which I think is a little bit expected of some sort. We knew Yepes didn't seem to fit in this organization. They also non-tender two bulk arms, right? They did in, in Dakota Hudson and Jake Woodford, who you would have thought a team that's looking for depth would have kept. Um, he, they would have been in that mix for the fifth starter spot or, you know, that, that comfort at Memphis or whatever the case may be, Cardinals moved on. And that means there are more opportunities for depth that they need to probably fill as well. It kind of adds to their shopping list, I think. Yeah, this felt like in some ways very non-Cardinals moves over the mm-hmm. last 10 years. Uh, mm-hmm. Seems like they've operated with a safety net quite a bit, or they've operated with the eye towards potential rather than rea- reality. And we still see that in some cases, maybe with Tyler O'Neill, maybe with Dylan Carlson. We saw it last year with Jack Flaherty as well. But it looks like the Cardinals were kind of turning over a new leaf here and saying, okay, it's time to 
to cut these guys loose. They don't fit what we're doing. I think as far as the pitchers go, I, I think this is the right move, especially to get that budget there. And, you know, if they sign Yamamoto, I'll be even a bigger fan of what they did. But I am a little surprised that this happened because it seems like that the Cardinals would at least want to play it safe a little bit just in case. But they've really they've like I said, they've cut out that safety net now. And so you have to go big or I'd say go big or go home. It's going to be go big or go to 90 losses or maybe 100 even. Um, So, yeah, it. Now, I will say, as far as my nerves go, this doesn't change that at all by not having those guys there because they, Hudson, Woodford, they weren't really good for wins. Um, they weren't going to add to the total, but somebody's got to fill that rotation and somebody's got to fill the innings this year. Um, hopefully, Mo and DeWitt have something up their sleeve. Yeah, I mean, that's what you. That's what we have to hope for right now, right? I mean that that there is a plan that they're going for and. I don't think there's any particular reason to necessarily say that there's not, you know, that we're mistaken in that because regard, even with this NOLA information, I still think that the Cardinals could easily have, okay, this is our focus, whether, whatever it may be, whether it's Sonny Gray, whether it's John Moto, whether it's Snell, whether it's somebody like that, they have their focus. And while they're working on other things here together, maybe sees or something of that nature, um, that's who their number one priority is. And, you know, we'll see if that, we'll see if it pans out. We'll see what happens. And, you know, probably isn't going to be this week um, unless Mo goes and has turkey at somebody's house. Um, there's there's not going to be any signings for a, for a little while longer. So we'll have to just kind of hope. I mean, and that's, that's all we can do. Um, it's, it did feel like with letting Hudson and Woodford go that this, and even, and even Yepes and then our other non-tender candidate, which we may talk about as well, um, Andrew Kisner, when they let those guys go, that, that did seem to signal that things were different because I don't think in any other, if the Cardinals come off a 90 win season, probably all four of those guys, well, maybe not Yepes, but the other three definitely probably are still Cardinals, right? I don't think the Cardinals, do any of this drastic dropping off or changing if they're coming off another 90 win season, even if it was a first round playoff loss Um, to see them do this did and does indicate that, you know, things are different. And I think that's a, that's an encouraging sign for this free agent market as well. Yeah, I agree. Uh, You know, maybe, maybe Woodford gets let go. Um, even if they do have a successful season. But yeah, I think that things would look a little bit different. Um, but you know, it, the Cardinals are letting the youth play. Uh, we saw that this past year with Walker. Now, people didn't always love how they handled that with him. But he came back up and he played most of the year. Wynn came up at the end of the year, they played him. Looks like Herrera is going to get his shot. Now, it's a little bit scary because the Cardinals are losing Kisner. And I I made that I made a comment on Twitter about um, I hope it doesn't come back to bite him. And I got a response from somebody who thought I was the biggest idiot in the world for (laughs) thinking that. But uh, Kisner did more than what you just saw in the field. Now, his play on the field got a whole lot better. But he Mm -hmm. was a very good locker room guy, very good leader, was really well liked. 
but Brad Thompson and others talked about how he was always in the video room. He was always studying, studying, studying. That was one of the things that kind of set him apart from Contreras in the catching position because Contreras was not used to putting that work in. Kisner was doing it. He had learned it from Yachty, and the pitchers felt more comfortable with him behind the plate. Well, that's gone now. And so you got to hope that Contreras can take over, or you got to hope that Herrera is ready for this pitching staff. I also kind of wonder, too, will this affect what free agents think? Now, maybe pitchers today with Pitchcom and Egos think that they can come in and just they're going to be fine. But you wonder, you know, you look at it and go, well, here's a guy that you've got a guy here that got moved to DH because the pitchers didn't trust him. And then you got a rookie coming up. Do I really want to go to St. Louis and pitch for those guys? Or would I rather go somewhere else where they have a defensive specialist that I can go throw to who's known for calling great games? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's going to be very interesting. I, I think the catcher position just became very interesting next year as well, right? Because Avon Herrera doesn't need to sit, um, which is an, an argument I've made numerous places is that Kisner was a very good, probably perfect backup catcher. You know, had pop had, you know, the trust of the staff had everything you needed, but didn't necessarily need to play 50, 60, 70% of the time. Juan Herrera in theory should play that kind of thing, right? I mean, he shouldn't be sitting and playing 50 games, 60 games a year, but you know, on the flip side of that, how much are you going to use Wilson Contreras? Because who, who was, you know, this time last year when he signs, uh, we're talking about him catching 120 games or, or more. Uh, you know, obviously things were a little bit different last year, but, you know, are they going to try to go back to that? So I don't know. I think how they use him, you know, I'm a little bit concerned about Herrera getting a little stunted that way, but, uh, you know, that could be encouraging as well. Who, who knows? I mean, they're, you know, I don't think they're going to move on from Contreras, but, um, it's still very interesting to see them, especially since they had another option year on Herrera, go the route of letting um, Kisner go. Uh, we'll see if he signs somewhere, any of those guys. I mean, there's no telling. I'm sure probably all of them will get a minor league contract somewhere. Um, but it's going to be really interesting to see how much of a, of a major league career any of those guys have going forward af- after this. Yeah, I think I think Kisner gets signed by somebody to maybe be a backup catcher, but I'm not sure the other guys are going to have uh, – no one's going to be coming at them with multi-year offers at this point. Right, uh, right. They're probably all intriguing candidates. Um, guys like Woodford and Hudson you think probably go to – I would say probably go to teams that are non-playoff teams mm-hmm. um, to kind of have a bounce back year. But I, you, I, I don't think the Yankees are going to be signing any of these guys at this point. Probably not. Um Talking about non-tenders, um, the Brewers non-tendered Brandon Woodruff. Obviously, he's going to be on out all year with uh, Tommy John surgery. But you know, there does seem to be that idea that some team is going to pick him up for like a two-year deal, one year to rehab and one year to, to pitch. Is that something the Cardinals should look at? Obviously, it doesn't help them for this year. But is that a situation? Do you think the Cardinals could or would be interested in? You know, I am, um, and they did that with Chris Carpenter. So mm-hmm. it it makes a lot of sense depending on what that contract looks like. Now, you don't want to throw away a lot of money this year, but, I mean, I, was he was he set to make $11 million? Is that correct? Um, I 
think so. Uh, yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. Oh, well, he was going to arbitration. It probably would have been over 11 million. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if, if that's what his, you know, I don't know if he's going to sign for that. I don't know if you have to go above that, but if that's what you could pay a guy this year to not pitch, but then have him a year after that and then potentially get a long-term deal. Sure. Let's, let's do it. Let's go for it. Um, you you can put him on the 60 day IL. You're not going to have to worry about uh, clogging the roster, but th- that's a great way to think in terms of it's, it's not short-term, but it's also not long-term because you're not, you're able to think about it in terms of 2025. So he can't help you in 2024, but you're preparing for the future without having to do like a rebuild of some sort. So it, it's a very odd situation, but yeah, if I'm the Cardinals, I'm definitely getting in on that and seeing if he's possibly willing to take a little bit less money this year for a bigger contract coming off the surgery. Yeah. And and of course, Cardinals aren't going to be the only team to think about it like that. And we'll see where he winds up, but uh, it's intriguing. And I feel like uh, maybe we've talked about this some, but between the non-tender of of Brandon Woodruff and the, you know, change in managers with Craig Council going to Chicago, it really feels like the the Brewers are kind of teetering and, and about ready to fall into a, a rebuild situation, especially with, you know, Corbin Burns could be traded this offseason, if not his free agent next year. It does kind of feel like, to me, that their, their perch is getting a little rickety. All right. Um, what else do we have? I feel like there's something else. Um, we had, uh, trying to think what else happened this week. It's been a week. I've spent all of it decorating for Christmas. So, um, such a good week that I forgot to take my mic off mute just a second ago. I did uh, start to wonder where you went off to. And so, man, I had uh, a really, I made a great point, but obviously I'm, I'm so mad. I'm not going to repeat it. <laughs> Um, I, yeah, yeah, I think it's pretty obvious that I was kind of stumbling around there for a little bit, trying to figure well, out we've had, we've had technical issues the last couple of weeks. And I thought, oh man, did I just drop out again? And I thought you're wrapping up the show. You can't hear me. And then I see the little light blinking and I'm like, oh yeah, I had to cough. And that's, that's where we're at. So. There we go. This is a high quality for production folks. I think that you probably know this by now. So, um, Anyway, I think I was saying that the Brewers were getting a little uh, rickety. I don't know if you had any comment along with that. I yeah, all I I was just I just agreed with you on that. I said that I think I I think what I said was if they trade Burns, then you know it's a complete teardown yeah. because yeah. they don't have much left. Hater's gone. They do have Peralta, but Woodruff isn't pitching. Uh, the guys on the team just don't have what they used to. Guys like Yelich and and with Council leaving, yeah, so. They're going to fall towards the bottom of the division soon. Pittsburgh's probably still going to be there. So it could be Cardinals, Cubs, and Reds for a while. Um, and we don't know exactly what the Cubs are going to do this offseason. Reds mm-hmm. seem to be on the rise. So um, I, I really don't want to see the Cardinals fall behind those two organizations. No, I mean, especially not Chicago. Um, we never want to see that. Um, and, you know, the, the move for council does make you think that they're going to make big splashes. But... Yeah, who knows? I mean, the Cubs may try to, and they may come in second place on a couple of places, people too, and all of a sudden, you know, and that's kind of the thing, right? I mean, you go hard after somebody, and if you don't get them, I mean, there's a good chance that all this, all the seats are filled while you've been trying for that one chair. 
Um, so I, I don't know. I think that's, that's going to be interesting for front offices to try to juggle. Right. I mean, it's like, okay, we're going to keep our feelers in on Blake Snell or Sonny Gray while we're, you know, really trying to go hard after Yamamoto. But, you know, at what point in time do you have to, to make that decision of who are we going to get? Do we, do we have to let this person completely go or do we just go ahead and try to lock him down and give up on plan A? Yeah. Um, Man, I wish I had answers. <laughs> I wish <laughs> I wish I could see into the future and know what's going to happen because I do have a little bit of anxiety right now about it. But um, yeah. I, I want to trust the course. I, I want to be optimistic. I still think the Cardinals are going to land one very good pitcher and one pretty good pitcher. <laughs> but I, I don't know what that's going to look like. Well, and I know you sent me a message earlier this week saying that I think Derek Gould had indicated that Luis, uh, Lucas Giolito might be an, an option for the end of the rotation, a, a guy that maybe take that one year pillow contract, trying to rebuild his value. Um, and you know, in that's a situation where if the Cardinals, you know, if it doesn't work out, the Cardinals can move on. Um, you know, again, those are the kind of guys that are going to not sign for quite some time because everybody's going to be looking at the big fish. Um, but it doesn't feel like I've heard a lot about him since he got into the, to the free agency. Yeah, and Gould was very quick to say that he has no info about the Cardinals being connected to him or talking to him or his agent or anything like that. He just said he seems to fit the mold of what they're looking for. Um, some people, there's been some consternation about Mo mentioning the 2.5 starters, and people are thinking, well, does that mean a swing man or, or what is that type of person? And I heard Gould explain it on Bernie Mikolas' show, and he said, no, he essentially the Cardinals are looking for a third starter, but it might be that bounce back candidate. It might be somebody on a one-year deal could be like a Michael Waka could be a Lucas Giolito who may not be able to give you 200 innings, but he may give you 120 innings. Um, and so it, he, it, they're not saying he's necessarily a guy that's going to be in the bullpen, but it, it's a guy that you may just not be able to count on to pitch um, every single day or to just have 30 starts in a season. So that's kind of along the lines of where they're going for. And he mentioned Giolito with his needing to have a bounce back year, or a pillow year, and then his swing and miss stuff that he really would be a great candidate for the Cardinals. But he's one of those guys. I see some people saying, yeah, he needs to sign a one year deal for 13 million. And I see other people saying he may get four years because of what he did at the beginning of the season. So it, it who knows? Um, there's craziness abounds and, um, he would look good as a Cardinal, but let's not make him the number one or number two in the rotation, please. Yeah, that would, that would be good. So, all right. Well, again, probably not going to have anything this week because it is Thanksgiving and, um, you know, most of these people kind of sh- shut down for, for the holiday. They'll probably hopefully start ramping it up soon after. And of course the winter meetings are what I think, two weeks from today, probably. Um, I mean, is Nashville getting ready for this? Are they, are they prepared for another onslaught of baseball winter meetings? They're more getting ready for the pedal taverns and the bachelorette parties that are probably coming in this weekend, just to annoy the mess out of everybody. Um, (laughs) If, if you are to having a, you know, if I don't know if we have anybody that has, is taking a bachelorette party anytime soon, but please don't come to Nashville. We're closed. I just please do not come here. We don't want to see you. And if you do come, do not wear cowboy hats and cowboy boots. We do not wear those here. That is not what the locals look like. That is tourist rant over. But uh, yeah, it's, it's always set away a little bit at Opryland hotel. Um, 
one of those things that I've had friends that have gone over and kind of walked around and you can see executives and managers sometimes in their polo shirts and khakis just out in the open. Um, I might try to do that. We'll see. Maybe I, I, I do have a press pass that has nothing to do with baseball, but maybe I'll see if I can sneak in and maybe I can get a few minutes with Mo, see if I can get some questions answered. Yeah, I'll tell Mo I sent you and that'll get you absolutely nowhere. <laughs> so Mo likes to belittle any question I send, ask him. So it's uh, not you know. great. Yeah. So <laughs> that's, that will not be great. So anyway, uh, probably no show next week then, unless something really strange happens, but uh, we'll be back at you as events warrant. But until next time for David, I'm Daniel. Good night. Yeah.